Christ, the place that Peter Parker probably passed through a bunch on the subway. <laughs> this is Matt and Brett Love Comics. I'm one of your hosts, Brett, and Matt is uh, swinging through Manhattan, and he couldn't make it out to Queens because there are no top buildings, <laughs> except for the Citibank building, but that is in Long Island City, and sure. it's nowhere near here. Uh, <laughs> but today we're, I am joined by my good friend David Bluffband. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, that's a good question, by the way. How did Spider-Man uh, swing out from his like Forest Hills apartment, his little suburb? Yeah, <laughs> like where did he, what, what did he latch on to, and how did he, how did he get out of that house without? He, being when did seen? he move? Did he live on campus at ESU when yeah, he went to college? I believe so. So like he first, yeah, he roomed with Harry. Yeah, so those first thirty issues when he was living in Forest Hills, right. Was he taking cabs? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if anybody any cab driver in, in Forest Hills would stop. For oh, Spider-Man. not back then. Nowadays not back we have then. borough taxis. Now, yeah, the green taxi cabs mm-hmm. that only stay in the boroughs. But so back then, back then they were mostly just trolling around Manhattan. Well, what? Where was? Uh, and he went to co- high school in Queens too, wasn't he? he? Did, was like, yeah. did he walk to high school? I haven't read those. Yeah, he walked to high school. <laughs> he definitely walked. To he high was school. a he was a walker and bike rider. Yeah, he was a walker. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing about when you live in a suburban uh, town like Queens, you can walk anywhere. Yeah, and I feel like most kids that grew up in New York walked to school all the time See, or took I, the bus. In Tennessee, there was always um, like it was all uh, bus riders, car riders, and walkers and bike riders. Sure. And, like they would, similar. and they would always like uh, dismiss students in a, in a certain order, and walkers and bike riders always got to go first. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, "Peace out." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm a car rider. I gotta wait for a right. long time." Uh, I yeah, remember, I remember in elementary school, I had there was like the the kids that were picked up by their parents and the kids that were picked up on the bus. Oh yeah, and I like lived uh, like forty five minutes away from my elementary school growing up. A so lot, I, I, or uh, by like, subway, by um, uh, by driving. Oh wow, yeah, and, like I lived in I I lived in for the first twelve years of my life in Forest Hills. Yeah, uh, so you're near where Spider. Yeah, I was I was Spider Man growing up, <laughs> and um, I went to elementary school in Long Island for a little bit, and um, uh, that's like a uh, very long bus ride uh, yeah. from uh, from where I lived. And so, but there was like the bus, like the you know everybody got dropped off in the same parking lot, and we all had to go to the gym. All the kids that got there by their parents got there later because they yeah. could do that. Yeah. And then the bus kids always had were always the first ones there in the morning because they like so, so. And everyone has to go pile into the gym. Everybody, to wait. yeah, to pile. And then we all got like you know you're you're separated by your class. Yeah. And it was like okay, Mrs. Miss Schachter's class goes in here. <laughs> class two, class two B, second grade B, and second grade C with Miss Lax is here. I can't like, remember what my element. I guess my mom always got me to school right on time. I can't remember what I did beforehand. I mean, that's what people listen to this podcast for. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> elementary school reminiscence. Well, I mean, I'm sure Spider Man had the same had yeah. the same deal. He probably went to. Uh, uh, whatever the equivalent of if you if you were, if you were able to web swing your way to high school, would you purposely like get there right on time? Like, would you just like I don't know? Like, would you I would just... assume you would stop. But he was, I assumed he was always late because something happened in the he morning. He was always like stopping them AM muggers, right? Yes, yeah, stopping those AM muggers. <laughs> it's also a funny thing of like the how many how the percentage of how many people supervillains attack during the daytime. Oh yeah, is bizarre because yeah. like why that early? I guess I guess it's because nobody expects it. 
to happen. Nobody expects it. <laughs> and then they all keep doing it. It's like, well, no one expects it, even though that's how everyone else operates. No one expects it still. Oh. Um, listeners might recognize uh, Mr. Bloodband from uh, his work on The Chris Gethard Show, which you can see on the internet, mm-hmm. right? Yep, Wednesdays at 11. Uh, where you are... Show.com. You're kind of your own superhero-ish character. Right? <laughs> you have an alter ego. You, uh, you're the human fish. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, yeah. What? Do, go walk us through your work, <laughs> your history. Uh, the human fish is a character I play on the Chris Gethard show. He uh, uh, answers questions that have plagued humanity, uh, <laughs> such as nachos versus tortilla chips. Oh, like not uh, like. What's better? What's better between yeah, or or not, or or or, uh, or just or like Doritos mm. versus Cheetos, and they're always versus. They're always fighting oh. fighting each other. They're always <laughs> internal struggles that he has, and and callers, people that can call in on the show because it's a public access television show, can call in and ask the human fish what's on his mind, or you can give him a question that of your own uh, that's on your <laughs> mind. And uh, he'll answer that to the best of his abilities, but uh, there's no there's no right and wrong answers, only fish. <laughs> uh, but you've gotten to do a lot of really awesome things with the show. Like you've traveled. Mm-hmm. You're a traveled man. Oh yeah. I yeah. met you when you were a senior in high school. That's right. Yes, that's true. Two hundred one. We had improv two hundred one together in two thousand early two thousand seven. Yes. Do you remember any comic book improv scenes? Yeah, so I feel like the, in in improv, that is almost the way that you find out like which of your fellow improvisers like the same things you like. I did based yeah. on what they improvise doing. Yeah, I don't remember them being good, but I remember them being. I, I remember, remember them... one where someone was trying to play Wolverine. That's exactly what I was thinking and of. Yeah, and... they and they just like they did a thing where they walked on. I don't know if it was a scene set at a comic convention or yeah. something. Okay. Yeah, he walked on and he would just like put his hands out and mind pumping his fists up and down in front of him. Right, yeah. And then afterwards, our teacher was like, what was that? He was like, I was being Wolverine. Yeah. Everyone knows that's Wolverine. I was like, what the hell? It was like a very confusing way to portray Wolverine. Because I don't ever think that Wolverine walks with his arms out in front of him and his claws yeah. out and just moves his arms up and down. It's one of those things I where think... I think I think like when you do improv, you start to learn uh, a lot about the inner process of people. Yeah. Like how that's people how process think, things. That's it's how like, you think Wolverine. Yeah. That's how you think. <laughs> that's how you think. And what's even more crazy is you are convinced other people yeah. think and that way like, too. And you're like, what, duh. Like, what do you... It's like, that's how, that's how you think everyone's And we it. were both in that class and obviously we know our Wolverine. Yeah. If you were going to do a walk-on in the improv scene and try to immediately convey that you are Wolverine, mm-hmm. what would you say? Uh, I'd, well, to, what would I say? That's yeah. a tough one. Because, you do a walk-on in this scene. You're yeah. trying to walk on and convince everyone immediately that you're Wolverine and you sure. want them to be on board with it. I think you'd have to, I think you'd have to be like, because I feel like for the comic savvy audience, like you'd sort of, you could just say like a subtle one-liner yeah. maybe like, like, uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, uh, another one of those days, bub, or yeah, something. Yeah, like, you have to you say You gotta bub. say bub. But if you're like, but for like a maybe like less like comic book savvy audience, you might have to just straight up be super blunt and my be head. like, oh, my, my healing factor or, yeah. so, or something no, like yeah, that. Like, uh, like uh, or like if someone like needs help with something, you walk up and be like, well, I'm the best there is. Yeah. Opening up pickle jars, bub. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Right. Or even just like snicked. Like, Sn- <laughs> snit, which snit. is a very like specific <laughs> noise, or yeah. chink. Ch- yeah, or, like, yeah, you have to do like a like a claw. Yeah, like, you pop yeah your do claws. the claws. If you want to like be super <laughs> like, 
you could do the th- like I remember when I was a kid playing pretend Wolverine. I would always like, I would always like make the claws come out by like putting three fingers over my knuckles like chick like that, oh, that okay. like chick chick like, like that. Like you're you're miming them coming. Miming out. them coming you're, out. You're creating the negative space where the claws would be. Or exactly, yeah. <laughs> which 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 might not be like super a super like slick improv like yeah. object work thing, <laughs> but it's how it's to to myself as a child it was a great way to like but oh I'm being Wolverine right now. Uh, so you but you have traveled for the Chris Gethard show. You've yes. gone to you went to Austin, right? Went to Austin for South by Southwest twice. Uh, uh, we went to uh, Tennessee for Oh Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo. yeah. San Francisco for the Sketchfest out there, uh, North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival, and uh, Boston, Jeez. And a bunch of places. Have you done? Have you gone to? Have you gotten to like sample any like local comic book stores? Have you been able oh, to that's that? a place I try to go. I try yeah. to go to a comic store every place I go if they're if we're near one. Yeah, I, I imagine Bonnaroo didn't. There wasn't. One. Yeah, Bonnaroo unfortunately Bonnaroo. didn't have one. Bonnaroo is like in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. Tennessee, Manchester, Tennessee. Basically, yeah. all farmland that's yeah. n- that doesn't do anything until the festival. Yeah, and that was amazing. It was super fun. There are a couple in Murfreesboro, but like you know, right? Which was where we were staying. Yeah. but we were. Too oh, I know. Far. I know the exact. Like, yeah, DoubleTree. Yeah, yeah. It's a DoubleTree in Murfreesboro. Zach Galifianakis stayed there <laughs> when uh, when he came to my college. Um, but like, what are what are the uh, comic book stores? Did you go one in San Francisco. I or did. Boston? I don't. I, I went. I went to one in San Francisco, which was really cool. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a very like. I feel like any time I go travel anywhere, there's always like a vintage store. I can't. That's like oh, it's just the novelty of being somewhere else. Yeah. It's like there are older things. Yeah. And um, like there was like a vintage comic book store that I'm, I kind of can't remember the name of it. I feel like it's called like Time Machine Harry's or something. It's like sense. some insane like a love <laughs> lovely name like that. Yeah, uh, where they had like some old old back issues of like some uh, uh, '80s Iron Man books okay. that I loved growing up. Yeah, and like like something that uh, or or some old like I don't know uh, some Roy Thomas work like from the older from the older days. Oh like, Roy, <laughs> rascally Roy. Thomas. So is that what like when you go to stores like do you have like specific things that you try to collect or try to look for? Do you have like holy grails? I I feel like my collection stuff has sort of faded in the last couple of years only because I stopped caring about new stuff. Yeah, and like. Like I love, like I love still reading comic books, and I go, and I still go, like every, like any any time I can, like every Wednesday, like I'll go to. I live just a few blocks away from Midtown oh, Comics, yeah. and I'll tr- and I'll try to like. I was like really into Guardians of the Galaxy when that first came out, in, like a yeah. couple of years ago, and you know, super excited for the movie, obviously. But I'm so like sick of so many like really complicated storylines that have tried like the like the Dan Slot Spider Man stuff. I was just really <laughs> sick of it, and I just it, I, I I got burned out after after like 25 years. I got burned out of like being that's a, that, that is also a long that's a long life. Yeah, it's Usually a long it's like life. People go like five. Yeah, <laughs> like, you did your time. <laughs> I did, but I'm like but I'm still super obsessed with it. Like I'll like like I. Like like a, a very uh, 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 prevalent pattern in my life has just been going on long stretches of time, like hours dedicated to an evening of just writing stories of like yeah. like like fantasy, you know, <laughs> fan fiction scripts of things I want to see, and just or just writing like alter egos names just because I like them so much <laughs> and I like seeing them on a paper. What is uh, I mean like of a, a fanfic that you have written? Like what is your what is the either a weirdest, 
from all from your entire life, mm-hmm. or one you're most proud of. Ooh, that's there's there's some there's some good ones. <laughs> I, I first of all, you should I, like everybody should know like I when I say obsessed, I mean like I was bananas, cr- like insane, crazy. Like as a kid for as a kid yeah. for comic books and just making up stories. And I've I always wanted to be a writer, and I always like th- I, I thought I was going to like write for Marvel. Like I had like the, a, like I had I had a lot of very like pie in the sky, it like impossible happen. to reach dreams. Happen. But I, I thought I was like at one point I thought I was going to be the youngest writer ever staffed by Marvel in history, and I don't yeah, think that that's could, gonna that could still. I don't actually, know if that could happen. Oh anymore, no, because like, wasn't um, cause I'm already, oh, like, who was it? Fucking someone was like Jerry. No, uh, someone from like the '60s. I can't remember who it is. Basically, was like writing. He was writing. Marv Wolfberg was like an intern. I think one. Uh, yeah, Marv Wolfman. Excuse me. Uh, was so I think was one of the youngest like Legion interns. Of, Legion of the superheroes or something for oh, DC. Maybe. He was like sixteen, and they oh, didn't wow. know that, but they hired him anyway. Oh, that could based be based on his like scripts. I can't remember. It, it yeah. was in the Marvel Untold story, um, oh, cool. Sean House book, and I was like, yeah, okay. Well, he that record was broke. Oh, that record was set in like the sixties, and I can't imagine anyone. Nowadays, like a sixteen-year-old getting a job writing for Marvel, I can't. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's almost impossible anywhere. It's like it's one of those things. Like, oh wow, this is still kind of new. We just want people who are interested. And the sixties was like, yeah. Well, and the script's good. It's good. (laughs) And like, but like I was, but I was like, uh, like I would just come home every day from school and just like take out sheets of loose leaf paper and like just write like yeah. like what I thought was screenplay format at the uh-huh. time and then just like write different stories and I was wrote like, like an Avengers basically TV show Ooh. like I wrote like a, like I wrote like I was super inspired by the Justice League uh cartoon show from early 2000s the like yeah, bum, yeah. Bum, 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 like yeah. that like <laughs> those those I was like obsessed with that show and I was like I really want to make an Avengers show just like this it was like you know the same type of like yeah. Dialogue and the same like the, the those like really cool fight sequences. Who and, were like, your the, Avengers? Do you I, oh, I, oh, I I remember this. I remember Is it all A list or did you grab some like B and C list? I wanted to, I wanted to make it really like uh, B and C stuff, but mostly mostly A listers. It was mostly just like my favorite characters yeah. that I thought would be like a great team together, the, like a show I wanted to see. And it was basically it was like obviously it was Cap. It was Cap. It was. Uh, Hawkeye, Hercules. Yeah, I've never been a huge Thor fan, but I've okay. always loved Hercules. Hercules is great, uh, and I wanted to have that like god-like figure. Yeah. That they had because you, my the perfect Avengers. You have to have at least one strong man. Yeah, uh, you have to uh, you have to have Quicksilver. He's my favorite Avenger. Ah, uh, had him in there. You had uh, Hank Pym as Yellow Jacket. Ah, uh, you had the Wasp and Scarlet Witch. Nice. Yeah. So the, that's the, a that's a good classic feeling team. Yeah. Uh, do you? So, as a Quicksilver fan, do mm-hmm. I even? <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Like, are you excited about his appearance in any movie? Because he's gonna be in a. Fly. He's gonna. Yeah, that's the weird thing. He's gonna that's be in two. Thing. It's super weird. Like five years ago, if you're like, hey, Quicksilver's gonna be in two different movies <laughs> from two different studios. I think there's only like I. I feel like. I am not super confident in myself as an actor, but. <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the few people that can really play Cooks okay, very yeah, well. well you, <laughs> I was like, I, I can do it really well. You should, you, yeah, you should really um, campaign. You should campaign for that hard, <laughs> like soon, because Aaron Taylor Johnson is already filming for Avengers Two. That, I saw that he's in. Oh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like he's uh, what's his name? Evan Peters is the, is, the is him in the X Men, and yeah. I actually think he's a great choice because he's really okay. good. 
He's does he like, play a, does he play like a arrogant guy? He's he's his big thing. He was in American Horror Story. He's like in yeah. all of the um, the seasons of that show and all the iterations. And he's very good. He's like a very like the thing. I, the thing I like. The thing I love about Quicksilver is he's super. He's super arrogant. Oh yeah. He's yeah, yeah. like extremely cocky. Yeah, I think he's like one of my favorite Avengers because he is so tragic. Like in the, in the sense of like he's he gets he has like like a very like. He has a lot, a lot of anger issues, yeah. and rightfully uh, he so. doesn't he doesn't get along with his father. No. <laughs> he's oh. like he's overprotective of his sister. Yeah, he's like very. He's like I feel like he was like the one of the weird sort of models of adulthood I had yeah, oh no. in my life. Was like oh I this guess is, this is what it is. This is the way that can go. did you read him in X Factor? Did you yeah, like that? I loved. That's I how loved I mainly X-Factor. know him is is at X Factor. Yeah. Um, I loved him in X Factor. I thought I, I I liked him better as an Avenger, but I thought he was I loved when he was in X Factor because that was like those that's the early '90s. That's the stuff I, I that's what got yeah, me into comic books yeah. is that era, and then like going back and reading the '60s Avengers stuff and the '70s stuff with him and like you know all those corny like low the lethal legion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Um, this is the thing that I've you know learned over our like. Seven years, I guess, yeah, of knowing each other, yeah. is that uh, you were big. You're big in the like six, like Silver Age mm-hmm. Marvel stuff, and also you tend to, I don't know, know a lot about all those shitty Marvel villains mm-hmm. that no one else like gives a crap about. I love them. You, I like, love them. Pace Pot Pete, Pace Pot Pete, down with him. Peter Petruski, of course. <laughs> down One with of the him. most useless villains you could, but he's like he had a cool costume. He had a weird glue, like Elmer's yeah, glue. Lots thing. of tubes, <laughs> tubes and pouches. You him for you did a bit show at UCB as Pace Pot Pete. No, I was or... the Melter for oh, Iron Man, okay. which another another one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Uh, where I, I still have that costume, and I and I worked so hard on that costume too. Who was the? I mean, who do you think is the like simultaneously like the goofiest villain who is also maybe the biggest threat? Ooh, like you I might think, laugh at him, but you should probably watch out for this guy. I think there's a lot of, especially like there's. I feel like there's a stretch of those like. 60s and 70s villains where they're all pretty stupid. Yeah. Some just, I think, lasted longer than others. Like, they, which, which is like... Like, I feel like... The like like I feel like the only reason the Scourge uh, uh, storyline happened in the eighties is because they wanted to kill off just so many yeah. characters you only saw once in the sixties. <laughs> like there was one like there's like a couple like Firebrand, which was pretty dangerous, but was more of like. Was more of like he's a stupid villain, but he came out of the like sixties and seventies sort of like college riot, <laughs> like anti Vietnam, yeah. uh, like era. Like we need like a, a a character that represents the like youthful like energy of like this yeah. militant anti war like uh, 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 like so like so he be like had he was dangerous for to Iron Man for a yeah. while, but. Not like a, a like a pretty laughable villain. Like he had like a very like big like his like the if you've never seen it before he was like interesting costume gold and red like armor <laughs> body armor with like a with like an emblem of a fist in his chest like oh, a wow. like with with a flame around it to be like power like yeah like sort of like but and he was and he was and I think he was like a, I think he might have been a former Black Panther like his alter ego so, so it was like a like uh, Black Power thing a lot of these characters are popping up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's yes. because like a lot of them 
Like, they need to hold all the good villains for, for the movies. movies. Yeah. So you're getting, like, Graviton. And that's what I love about Blackout. the S.H.I.E.L.D. show, is that you get those weird, like, B or even C-list, like, string, like second-string villains to sort of pop up. I, I mean, probably one of my favorite Marvel villains of all time is Whirlwind. Oh! Just, like, he's an utter... He is, like, a laughably bad villain, yeah, but he's... he's makes- he just made, he just like spins around like a top. Yeah, he's like he, he, he like <laughs> the uh, ish uh, first appearance in Tales to Astonish number sixty four. I think okay. I remember because it's like my favorite comic that I've ever bought with my own money. Oh wow! I have it. Like I bought it off eBay. I was also obsessed with getting like I was like a huge eBay shark. Oh, in middle course. school, just like getting like all those old stuff because yeah. that's the only way I could find them for cheap, for, for good, cheap, for good, yeah. for good dough, mm-hmm. little dough, and it's torn to shit. But like that Tales to Astonish issue is is, is truly great. It's like I read that over and over yeah. again. So, like it, and the pages are coming apart, and it's very like you get the grainy, like super like. Well, it's like, it's like a five. It's a five senses affair. Like, yeah, you're the smell, you're getting the feel, you get like. And I've been talking about this a bunch on the podcast lately, but, like, the way the colors interact with the newsprint is mm-hmm. so, like... I don't know, it's so, like, rich. There's so much texture there that when you see the, the reprints on, like, glossy paper or online, yeah. all the colors are just, like, flat and clear. Yeah. You like that You like that texture. And there's, so, and there's so many cool things about those old comics. Like, you read comics now, and you can tell that a lot of panels are super influenced by cinema and, like, film. Whereas the yeah. other way around, back, like, back then when the comic book form was still such a new medium and like a lot of like science fiction is actually borrowed from those old panels like you, yeah. look, you read any of the you go, you go back to the super old tales to astonish stuff like the the era of marvel when it was just like monster, monster stories, stories which i loved also oh, yeah. i was obsessed with those and those are great i've like, had to, I've had to do a, a couple of uh, articles for marvel.com and marvel about like the th- crazy 50s like Goom and Gugam yeah. and Zimnu and all these like crazy things. But watch Cloverfield and yeah. watch or watch any monster movie to come up in like the last half decade and you'll see like a bunch of like you'll see a lot of that comes from like any point of view shot comes from like those panels oh. of, like the, like Goom staring that's into all, the eye of the sun like, or something Kirby like that. Kirby and Ditko too. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. you, you got the masters. You got the masters. Uh, also well, two of my heroes. I was wanting to bring up the fact that we also did um, X-Men improv yes. together uh-huh. a couple times just to keep the keep the improv tip on the mm-hmm. improv tip. You played Nightcrawler three years in a row? Yes. Yeah, you were Nightcrawler every year. Yep. And I feel like I still have people sometimes come up to me and be like, man, Blood Band's Nightcrawler is like the best Nightcrawler I've ever seen. <laughs> it was fun. It was great. I, that was probably my favorite uh, thing I've ever done. Is that, that first one we did was probably my favorite one. That was great. Done. And that's also the one where my makeup looks the best. Yeah. It was the most fun I had actually doing the show. And they've all been really fun. Was that? But that, was also, that was also the best costume because me and Sam Bradford made it. And it was, yeah. yeah. We had the, probably, there, I mean, there are pictures on the internet somewhere yeah. of, these, of this stuff. But we all got ready at my apartment. And yes. we all got on the subway together mm-hmm. and this was like a week before Halloween yeah. so it wasn't like people weren't dressed up it still year. wasn't and it was It was. I think it was I feel like this is a new trend where it's like you dress up for a week I feel like yeah. this was before that happened well I feel like when the years when Halloween falls on like Friday and Saturday yeah. were golden but those yeah, other yeah. five years in right. between mm-hmm. like everyone's like when do we do it and mm-hmm. it gets really confusing sure like if it's on a Wednesday nobody's sure what uh, to do do we do the weekend before do we do the weekend <laughs> after um, and that was like one of the first Creek shows I think we ever did yeah, too Creek and, in the Cave yeah. in Long Island City uh, now a hotbed Fra- of stand up yes <laughs> 
And Frank Frank was Frank Hell uh, was uh, Mister Sinister. Sinister. Great costume. Uh, uh, Laura Zeiss was the Dazzler. Uh, Phil Weintraub was Cyclops. Yes. I was Gambit. Yes, yes. Uh, we there was one year where you it must have been, it might have been the second year when we all all of us got on the train dressed as X Men and uh-huh. we ran into a storm. Yes, that's right. We we ran into like we a, into a, another, a Chris Claremont storm. Yeah, like another woman yeah. was on the subway car as us dressed as Storm, when, and Bryce dressed as Wolverine. Yes, was just like, hey, yeah, like, <laughs> conversation, and he kept trying to like get her Facebook information, right? Because we took a picture together, and he was like, "Can I? What's what's your name? Can I get your Facebook info?" So wanted, like, and he was like, <laughs> he just wanted to give her the photo, and then right. after she was just like, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that is, creepy. that is super weird. That is creepy, but it's like I like we all knew where he was coming from. But, but it was like, also like, yeah, you if you're dressed as Storm, and then all of a sudden a group of like seven other people dressed as the X Men <laughs> who don't have a Storm right. on, it's like, well, you're our missing piece. Do you want to come do an improv show with us? I also think that me and Bryce were the only two that kept their characters consistent, like from year, year to year. Well, like, Bryce we, played Cyclops uh, the third. That's right. right? He, that's right. They he switched. That's right. And then I think Laura played. Dazzler, all three, all three years. That's right. Years. Yeah, so it's so just the two of us. Because I also did Cannonball and yeah, Banshee. And Banshee. Yeah. And I did, um, I had like, a, that first year I had an amazing costume where it was like cardboard tape. and duct tape yeah. with the red, <laughs> the, they, the, sh- the shoulder pads stuck out, and it was like this green, uh, this black like, uh, Uniqlo, uh, not Uniqlo, I think American Apparel uh, shirt yeah. or something that I got. That's the cool thing about like, uh, American Apparel, like great for superhero It really people. is. Really, like <laughs> Well, basic any color of the rainbow clothing, it's like it's there. It's a little bit pricey, but it's there. Also, the leggings, like they leggings, got a whole bunch of uh, like oh, great, great stuff. American Apparel sponsored our show, and then it was, and then I just like got to quote the Bible, and then like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quote, quote the Bible, and also never have your feet on the ground, never have my feet on the ground, always, always be on, crouching oh. on a chair. <laughs> uh, you. This is also your second time on uh, Matt and Brett Love Comics Universe, because you're at the very first thing we ever did under the name Matt and Brett Love Comics, which was our Comic-Con show. That's right. Three years ago, I That's guess? right. That's right. Um, yeah. Our midnight show at the UCB Theater, where you played Blind Stanley. <laughs> were, you, were you going to play Blind Stanley, or was just once we saw your Stanley glasses, we were like, "You look blind." I'm blind. Yeah, I think I think I think I had like I had I picked up these like glasses, the the those those big glasses you wear after like LASIK surgery yeah. or something. <clears throat> like I found them at a thrift store, and I was like, "Those are the only sunglasses I have." And it's like I guess I'm just blind. Yeah, and it was it was the best bit because we just had you sitting off stage and just heckling the entire night <laughs> and and throwing in interjections. <laughs> Which was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was. It's so fun. That's like the. And I think that's the first of I think five or six times I've played Stanley on, wow. at UCB. We're all uh, just for all the uh, like movie bit shows. For movie bit shows or comic book bit shows or like I think I did that for Halloween this past year. I did the Marvel versus. Oh DC. yeah, I, know, I did. Uh, wait, who was I? Wait, I was, were you Gambit? Or I was Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I was like, I was Hawkeye. in that. That's right. Who was I? <laughs> Uh, Which was really fun. Yeah, DC one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Just because. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, you've gone to a lot of comic conventions too. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been going to? How long have you been going to comic cons? What was your first one? Uh, my first comic con is actually the one we went to back oh, in two thousand okay. seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. New York Comic Con. Yeah, that was Which the first was, one I'd ever really been to. Maybe only like the second or third New York mm-hmm. Comic Con ever. Yeah, and that was really cool. This to go by that uh, you know the the, the Javits Center. 
which I had only been in for other conventions previously, but it was uh, it was really cool. And you know, there's a lot of schmaltzy things there, but there's a, now it's gotten way it's cooler. And it's the yeah. weird thing about most conventions now is it's less about comics and more about the television shows that are yeah. that the that it's you know mm. right, rightly so. It's it's and our video game expos or all those are super cool or like at South by uh, there was like there's like the at the media center there's like a lot a bunch of like comic and video game stuff there too and that was really oh cool uh, to see. oh yeah because Marvel yeah. did mm-hmm. stuff there yeah they all they now have like a big South by Southwest presentation mm-hmm. every single year um, what uh, have you uh, when you go to comic conventions like have you met any people that you've admired do you have any like meeting comic book royalty stories I have a couple I have like well I met Tom DeFalco once and that was really cool I was like well, which was kind of weird because I like I didn't really know what he did but I knew he was like editor for a long yeah, time yeah. of Marvel and I, I wasn't familiar with the stories he wrote and I, I didn't mention that to him but I, I did want to say like I'm a I'm a big fan of your work, and then he was like, "Oh, well, what have I, what have I done?" And, he, and I couldn't say anything. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I was like, "Honestly, I don't know." But I knew you were, I knew you were editor in chief for a very long time. I was like, "Well, I also wrote for," and I was like, "Ah, oh, now I feel like an asshole." But but then I, I also met Peter Laird. Oh, which wow. was really cool. That oh, was a huge of GMNT, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Huge treat for me, and that was really awesome. Was that a recent? Was that recently? No, that was years ago. I think that was like when the um, oh, when the new cartoon debuted. Or the new cartoon? No, no, it was it was it was, it was a little bit after that, but it was when the um, the comics had just uh, reprinted. Oh, you know, they yeah, made that they reprinted those big versions. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, and I got one, and I got the first uh, the first like uh, omnibus of yeah. it, and. Uh, uh, I met Peter Laird and me and our our friend Rob Stern, another big uh, turtle fan, uh, got the the action figures which were modeled after yeah. the original comics as opposed to the TV show. We got them autographed by him and we sat and talked to them for a little bit and it was it was very nice. He was super cool and Kevin Eastman also uh, autographed them both and they're so different. It's so funny. Oh really? Because they're like. Should it be a sitcom? It really should, because like Peter awesome. Laird is this sort of schlubby, like sort of <laughs> short guy, like who's like, and then like Kevin Eastman is this jacked surfer dude oh, with really? long hair, and is clearly like is like oh if you took them apart and you figured out who came up with. Uh, teenage Ninja, and who came up with the Mutant Turtle part? <laughs> you would totally know <laughs> which <laughs> half. We... Okay, they're gonna be teenage ninjas. ninjas. <laughs> I think they're gonna be mutant turtles. I think that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty oh great. Gosh. That's awesome. I've never seen what they look like. I have no idea. They're great. Yeah. And also, like, I love that they are thousandaires, maybe millionaires, off of a weird, goofy idea they drew on a napkin 30 years ago. Like, <laughs> the way the world works. I know, it's crazy. Like, oh, <laughs> Have you all ever been to shows, like Comic Cons in New York? Have you been outside? I've, um, yes, I've only been, I've only been to New York comic book conventions. I've always wanted to go to other ones, but I, like, I've always wanted to go to San Diego, that's the yeah, biggest one. I went there I've never had, year. like, I've never had a reason. I don't like going to conventions or things as like just a spectator. A lot of the times, yeah. I I am selfish in the way it's like I like being invited to things and being on the inside. Uh, yeah, like the first time we did, like the first time I was at at um, uh, New York Comic Con. Comic Con. Yeah. Was when we did Matt's show. Yeah, he Matt, uh, Matt, co-host Matt. Matt Little, yeah. Uh, Matt Little had a comedy show that he ran at New York Comic Con for like two or three years. Matt Little's big show. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, and it ran on the weird comedy stage they just had off on a corner yeah. of the main floor, which is like the weird, like super weird, weird places to do comedy, and that like that still exists. Like comic yeah. cons today, still. I think now, I think like San Diego or places will put them on like a different floor to where it's like more of a destination. Right. Because if you put it on the main floor, it's just people walking by yeah. on their way to the autographs <laughs> or on their way to buy like Battlestar Galactica figures. Like, what's this? And there's like beanbag chairs set up yeah. like for people to watch. And it was like very ill attended, but it was cool because I got to like, like Matt put me, like Matt asked me and Rob Stern to write sketches for that yeah. show. So we wrote like a sketch. I think two sketches, both Spider-Man themed, where I got to dress up as Spider-Man and be in it, and like, uh, and it was fun, and it was yeah, great, and I got my own pass, like a like a like a performer pass for the show. There is a weird, I don't know if because I also feel the same way. Like the very first cons I ever went to was after I became an employee of Wizard Magazine, and so I, it was my job to go to cons, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, because I guess that was how I was introduced to cons. Like, it's a professional thing. You were asked to go. You're there to work. Sure. I now don't really understand going to cons, paying, a hey, hey, paying to go to a con. I totally understand why people do it, but it's, like, a weird thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, my, my relationship with conventions is, like, it's work. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of fun, but it's either work because I'm trying to do things for this podcast, or it's work because I'm trying to do things for CBR, um, and there was like one year after I, I remember the one year that I paid to go to New York Comic Con, didn't have a press pass. It was like, I felt really depressed. Yeah. Cause I felt like these, like the pre- previous two years I had gone and I was like a member of the press and I had a reason to talk to all these people. And then the third year I was just like, no one's going to remember me. <laughs> oh, no. I have to wait in all the lines. I feel horrible. <laughs> and this, I don't know, I guess that might sound kind of douchey to people that only ever pay. Sure. And I don't mean to be that way. No, no, but it's it's understandable because there. I don't know. I don't know. It's the same thing. Like I, I wouldn't. I loved Bonnery, but I wouldn't go back there as a spectator. Oh, no, <laughs> it oh, seems no, like no, terrible. No, 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 I also no, no. like. I also. I'm. I'm fine with it because I, I. I don't do well in crowds. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, get yeah. very claustrophobic. Yeah. I'm super like. I, like and like. Last year, I worked uh, at a. I worked as a writer for a website, a very short-lived website called UGO. Yeah, which uh, Sh- Siobhan Thompson. Yeah, Siobhan Thompson, pa- past guest of the show, mm-hmm. also. And, and Jeremy, Jeremy Bent, Bent and Jason Signs. All we all were the the uh, legendary first writing staff of Ooh, UGO, first, nice. first and only, because they went belly up. But it was uh, it was basically like a nerd. Uh, a nerdcore sketch news show yeah. offshoot, like it was IGN's sketch comedy uh, collective. That's such a cool idea, and that was really fun. And it was really, and we got to meet Todd McFarlane. Yeah, and he like was a guest in our uh, was a guest at our office. And we got to interview him and put him in a sketch that we all wrote for him, and we got to like get things signed by him. And I've been like a Todd McFarlane fan forever. Like I loved his artwork so yeah. much. His, his, his but, but if he asks you, what did you like? Of mine? <laughs> like uh, I'm like, no, I know you also did Spawn. I know Spawn. your work. Jeez. I like your back off, Todd. But not back off, Todd. He's, <laughs> but he's super nice, super cool. Um, and yeah, I like those are those are the only really like people I've met that I've that were I, I that, that uh, I wish I would you freak out. 
I remember we were walking down, we were walking on the floor of New York Comic Con, and me, I think it was like you and me and Rob and Matt, maybe, and we, Stan Lee passed us. Yes. And we turned, was like, that was Stan Lee, and I don't think you saw that I it didn't was Stan see him like, at all. You were literally, completely you probably bumped shoulders with Stan Lee. I had no idea. I had no idea. I completely spaced out. I was <laughs> probably looking at something else. I was like, I'm yeah. sorry, I get so, I get so spaced out sometimes. Well, also, yeah, and also, that's the weird thing, like, Stan Lee at cons is a, we- like, he's, A, a workhorse, like, sure, he's yeah. 90. Yeah, and still like does a bajillion signings, does a bajillion meet and greets and photos, and loves. Yeah. Like, he wants to work that hard, mm-hmm. and so you will just see him randomly. Like he's like, oh, there he goes, there he goes, yeah, there he goes. Uh, I'm the the closest. Uh, that, that that's probably the closest I ever came to him. But yeah. like the the first time I ever saw him in person was at the con when he just kind of walked like down the staircase of the Javits Center, I think, down to the to the convention floor, like uh, away from the the offices. And uh, he, like everybody just su- kind of saw him, and he like gave like a very like sort of old man hello ah, wave, hello. like from his like ivory tower almost, <laughs> and then everybody just like like exploded. Aww. It was so cool. As someone who has, I mean, not made a living because you don't get paid to do things at UCB. <laughs> I mean, like we do this for the love of it. Sure. Uh, so as someone who has played Stanley a bunch, do you, what are your what are your feelings on Stanley? He can be considered a controversial figure sure. in some ways. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I've always loved him. I think yeah. he's great. I think he's a very smart businessman. Hundred percent. I think he is. He's like. I think. I think most successful people are really good at surrounding themselves with other very talented people. Yeah. And I think he's always like. I just watched his documentary, the the it's with the one great power. Pa- yeah, it's called yeah. With Great Power. Yeah, I always see that. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know. It's entertaining. It's not like a very well made documentary, it but it's look like good. it's super like it's one of those things. It's like puff uh, piece. It's very it's super puff piece, which is like kind of annoying, but it's also like yeah, it's he's a, a charming old man. Yeah, and he's been a charming old man for seventy, 70 years. years. And also some like. I don't know when when Stanley gets into the the news nowadays for like saying something dumb like you know, like just about you know about women or about his all sure. creators or anything. It's like man, like he's ninety, 90 just... and if you and it's also like if you hear him in any interview, which I've seen a bunch of Stanley interviews, he has the same five stories. Yeah, that like who even knows if like how true any of them are because at this point they just. Who knows if he even knows their truth? Right, like, who knows if somebody just told him that? Yeah, like, like, that'd be a great story. I don't know, I kind of, like, I kind of feel like Stan Lee, from, like, you know, now on, kind of just gets a pass for anything he does now, because, like, dude doesn't, I don't know if dude knows where he is a lot of the time, (laughs) I don't know. I also feel like, if if you're gonna have a face for comic books and a face for nerddom, that's kind of a good, like, commercially acceptable one to have. Yeah, he's Because he's, like, a good, he's, like, anybody can kind of jive with this guy. Yeah, he's Grandpa Comics. He's Grandpa Comics, (laughs) and everybody likes that. Like, you can't, like, as much as I love him, you can't always go, like... To Steve Ditko and be like, well, that's oh, the face we want. No. It's like he doesn't give a also, shit. Also, no one knows what he looks. Nobody like. knows what he looks like. Have you He's... watched the Jonathan Ross in Search of Steve Ditko documentary? That's a great. That's that's a truly great. Documentary. That's a great documentary. Because... That's not a puff piece. It's actually a very interesting yeah. like look at at a, at a true artist's yeah. life, like someone that is uncompromisingly yeah. like believes in what he does, but also doesn't like hold anything as too precious yeah and is like convinced he's right and like yeah yeah 
So, and the definition of an artist. And he's also like the polar opposite of Stan Lee. Like yes. the two of their personalities are so different. Super different. It's like no wonder they don't get along, and it's a miracle they ever did get along. But that to me is also like what a real comic book nerd is—a shut-in, <laughs> like, kind of like just like a, just like a sh- someone that's shut up from the world, no. doesn't really understand how to interact with other human beings, <laughs> like yeah. like like you know gets the core concepts and it is friendly with people, but does not like being like. In the limelight. <laughs> Stan Lee is an interesting... I don't know, like, also, going back and reading all those 60s Marvel comics, um, especially, like, the letters pages and the, like, bullpen bulletins and stuff, yeah. like, and also just the editor's notes, Stan Lee was... Even if... Uh, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko did do a big bulk of the plot, like, all, all the plotting most of the time. So, sure. like, definitely not giving Stan Lee credit for anything they did. But those letters pages, things that he actually did write that had nothing to do with the stories... The fact that Stan Lee in the 60s was smart enough to cultivate that, like, Marvel yeah. personality, yeah. Like Marvel brand. I think like he this... is, he's the one that definitely defined the yeah. brand and, like, gave, gave, it a su- gave, like, all of the, like, some, something that I admire that he did was, like, he made sure that you knew everybody that wrote the Yeah, you put comics. all their names he in put there. All their, that... And nobody did that. And that's, like, an, un, that's a, that's a, I'm very grateful for yeah. that. That's, because that's really cool. So I think that, like... If if the the thing I the, like if if it was a movie if it was like an indie movie that's based around a school, Stanley would be like the guidance counselor, the like super chipper, like hey everything's gonna be okay. But he's like Mister Rosso, yeah, he's Mister yeah, but, and geeks. right, exactly, he, he is. And then like, but uh, uh, what's it called? Ditko or Kirby would be the would be the character that you actually learn something from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but like you're grateful for Stanley for being there to add the levity and to add the personality around it. But then you go well, to like okay, the like, other people. If like Steve Ditko is Ron Swanson, then Stan Lee is Tom Haverford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the Parks and Rec. Man. That is, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the formula. That's got you need that sort of balance. Like, so you can't, we're yeah. so we're on um, we're generally on board with Stanley. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. And I also, like I him. don't think that being on board with Stanley like precludes you from being on board with Jack and Steve. No. I think that you can be on board mm-hmm. for all of them. They yeah. all contributed in amazing ways. I yeah, I definitely love like, and I and I'm always been a huge fan of writers or artists as from like a personality standpoint. Like I sometimes more so than like 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 J D. Salinger. I would I say I like his personality more yeah. than I like the majority of his stories. <laughs> like just the you know the folklore that surrounds it. Yeah. The folklore that surrounds Steve Ditko, and that, like I'm, I'm, ne- I'm not like a huge question fan, yeah. but I love that Rorschach is partially based on yeah. him, like as a person. Stan- and Steve Ditko's still making comics too, yeah. which is also crazy. That's like, insane. I think, uh, comics Alliance did an expose or like a piece of like we bought all of the comics he's made in the past ten years and read them. Here's a review. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they sound. I would like to do them on the show at some point because they sound just like. Yeah, impenetrable, but maybe interesting. Yeah, and his his art his art also I think really defined that era. Like yeah. that was like that when I think of art in the sixties, I think of Steve Ditko and the way he drew characters. And he's Spider Man. He is Spider Man. Every now and then on Tumblr, someone will post pictures of like Jack Kirby's drawings of Spider Man, and it's like, oh, it's very different. Jack Kirby's a great artist, but like for, like Steve Ditko owns Spider Man so much that Jack Kirby can't touch Spider Man as yeah. far as I'm concerned. You 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 read the first thirty six issues of Spider-Man when he was the head artist yeah. when Ditko was the head artist and, and you look at the very few existing pictures of Steve Ditko yeah. uh, they're it's like, uh, it's like identical but yeah. like Steve Ditko is this guy with like you know round thick rimmed glasses buzz haircut yeah 
and super lanky thin, which was how Steve uh, Peter Parker was originally drawn. And Aunt, and his uh, his mother is based like Aunt May is based on his own mother who wore her hand in a bun. Oh, wow! And like uh, the Uncle Ben drawings of his, his own father and his house uh, in Forest Hills is actually based on the house he grew up in Pennsylvania. And uh, like I'm yeah, and I again super obsessive person. I love yeah. Steve Ditko, and I read there's a book. I think it's called the Steve Ditko Compendium, which is like half a biography about him written by another author with very rare photographs Ooh, of him. Oh, like, wow. Like photographs of him sleeping, photographs <laughs> like in, in the office that I, that I think like Kirby or someone took uh, when he got super mad about it. Like there's a story of it. And then like pictures of him in school, like what he wanted to do, like essays about him and like his obsessions with Ayn Rand, yeah, and like yeah. all of his like Republican standpoints. Yeah. It's like very like it's very it's very interesting. Uh, like how the, how his conservative uh, like political views and um, such an interesting, super interesting dude. But he like de- he his art defined a generation. Yeah, I think. like in ways that. I feel like not a lot of people understand how affected we are by it. Like, yeah. Like, even... I feel like even Warhol stuff is, like, very, like... I don't know. Well, it's like, when you co-create Mm Spider-Man, it's like, I don't like... That's the one of the biggest. I don't know. That's huge. Yeah, that's like that costume design is also his too. Yeah, that's his like, and he was like, I I think someone handed him an early draft was like, this is what I think it should be. It's like this is fucking stupid. (laughs) You have to listen if you want to. And he he also has such like a workmanlike attitude about how to approach everything based on like what I've read. I was like, listen, if you if you want to be Spider Man, you have to make you have to make it like this. Like you know the web the web stuff goes on the like uh, underneath. Mita didn't like the webbing. Mita didn't like that. Underarms. I don't think Kirby did either. I think he, yeah. but he was like, no, it's Spider Man. Where if you only see the webs when he shoots them out, then the, what's the fucking point? <laughs> it's like it's just like a very like want, bare, like there's I want, only. Uh, yeah. I want a Mad Men style show set in the Marvel bullpen of the sixties. That'd be. I think that'd be a legitimately interesting. Uh, maybe to some people more than others, but I, yeah. I would love to watch a show just like that. Like all those characters. Uh, so of every like comic book character in existence, I do want to know like uh, who's your main jam. Man Who's jam. your favorite? I mean, it's quick. It's Quicksilver isn't your favorite character of all time, is he? Uh, he's he's up there. Uh, there's there, there's stuff I used to just write about. Uh, do you remember the you remember that like uh, late nineties uh, series of uh, what if series? Yeah. the what if comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember my favorite issue was well, what if uh, Quicksilver lost his speed? Oh. and that was like nineteen ninety eight. It was uh, one where I think I think the like missing factor was. Quicksilver was raised by people instead of the um, instead of the 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 high evolutionaries. Yeah, uh, on Wondagore. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the uh, all Bova. Yeah, all the Bova, all, <laughs> no the, Bova. all that Bova stuff. Like instead, like I think he was raised by his father, or like it was, it was a thing where like the the Magneto um, uh, uh, fan like. Where, where, their, where their mother didn't die, and yeah. um, and their and their like Magda and and, and Eric and uh, raised Wanda and Pietro in New York City. Oh wow! And like that was the, that was like the factor. It's like oh Magda didn't die. This is all the things that happen, and it, it's just about him being this arrogant smart aleck kid in a, like <laughs> that tries out for track in high school. And, and, is, and oh, he's, he's super yeah. good. And then he gets into a motorcycle accident. He starts drinking. 
He gets into drugs. He gets into a motorcycle accident and is paralyzed from the waist down. And then he has to... And it's just like about him and uh, Wanda sort of dealing with this together. very, very gritty what if. Yeah, it it was great. It's a wonderful story. And it was also like... there. at this point, there are so many characters that have been hit by so many writers from all different angles. Yeah. I think Quicksilver is one I like identify with in a lot of ways, and there's and there because there are also other smaller characters that have just been scratching the surface. Like like Whirlwind is a is a guy I actually like because he's David Cannon is a, a, the first other than Namor reco- recorded mutant oh. in the Marvel universe because right, they like retconned him into being a mutant later on right yeah well because it was he, his first yeah. appearance was right r- months before X-Men yeah. began before the mutant was ever like introduced <laughs> so this so is a, a very bizarre like story where it was just like ah, let's just make him spin because he's oh sorry <laughs> there was just like Let's just make him spin because he's good at it, and he just can't be dizzy. It's like, okay, what a fucking sure, weird... Who cares, whatever. Who cares, what a weird power... It doesn't matter. We just gotta get something out right now. <laughs> and and then later they, like, made him... It was like, oh, I get... Like, there's literally, like, the, there's an Avengers issue where he where he's first... Because he's first introduced as Human Top when he fights uh, Giant Man. That's such an intimidating name. I know. It's such a stupid, the intimidating human name. Human top, and he's and that and there's your lots host, of, the human top, musical guest, the human top, <laughs> and there's like panels of him like spinning around and like stealing money from burlap sacks and just like Gala. you know, classic. And then like when he's introduced as Whirlwind in the Avengers, like in the late '60s, he's he's fighting Whirlwind. And they're both, like, their speed is matched, uh, like, together. They're as fast as each other. And, uh, uh, like, uh, Quicksilver confronts him. He's like, are you a mutant as well? And he's like, I don't don't know. I've never thought about it. And it's just, like, one of those things where he's like... And that's, like, an interesting, like, the first time you ever, like, really see the characters... I don't know. Like, I do feel like Marvel is the... Was the, like, champion of... The the costumes are just the exterior. The real stories yeah, are the people yeah, inside. Yeah. And then you like you in the eighties. They have a couple of very small storylines of Whirlwind's personal life. Like there's an Iron <laughs> Fist issue where they go to where Whirlwind goes to his apartment, um, and he lives in like this uh, you know tenement building in the Lower East Side, like the like a sort of like poor neighborhood. And yeah. Iron Fist is, uh, uh, his, like, he's a hero for hire, and his, like, he, Quicksilver just escaped from prison, so his, like, mission is to find him. He, and it's just, like, a weird happens that he happens to, like, he's, uh, Iron Fist is on a mission, and, like, someone's been following me, and it's someone at my high school, uh, like, reunion, someone I went to school <laughs> with. And you find out that world that David Ken was this super awkward like uh, kid that stalked this girl in high school. Oh god! And it was, it was but like he, so Iron Fist um, finds him in his building, and all of his neighbors protect him because oh, wow. it's like this thing of like, well, he lives in this poor neighborhood. Nobody else is going to stick up for us except us. And it's this very bizarre like sort of like, listen, we don't agree with what he's done, but he's he. 
he's a part. He's one of us. He's he's uh, he's our neighbor. We're gonna help. We're yes. gonna. And there's like, and there's this weird thing of like, hey, listen, I know I've fucked up a lot in my life. <laughs> Nothing's going good for me. And you're, also, you're Iron Fist. You're not doing yeah. much better. You're not doing much. It's <laughs> like, oh, world, David Cannon at Worldwind is this kind of down on his luck guy, and he, he's been like rejected from every iteration of the Masters of Evil. Oh wow. He was like, like nobody really trusts his abilities as a supervillain. He's kind of like a loser in every sense of the what word. Do you, what do you think about? Boomerang. The Boomerang's fun. He's cool. I, I'm now a big fan of Boomerang thanks to because he's getting that exact same treatment in yeah. Superior Foes of Spider Man. Because yeah, great book. And and Fred Myers. I'm a yeah. I am a uh, like a, an encyclopedia. <laughs> You're for, an official handbook of the Marvel Universe. I am. Those were the first things I ever read with those like old like character bio yeah. books, and I was like I had, I loved them. They were so because it was also so interesting. They they did a great job at setting up these great like fictional lives. Fred Myers like is like a citizenship. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Ooh, he's Canadian. He's like, Canadian. Like, oh, I mean, Fred like, Myers I from Alice Springs, Australia. First yeah. like first Australian to become like a minor league. Baseball yeah, player in the, the minor in the, in the and then and then washed out, and then became and then fought in Nam and then was like he's a really good character in the Superior Foes just because you're seeing everything from his point of view so you're like getting that whole you understand his perspective yeah. you understand like why things don't go well for him right and that's a cool thing about a lot of villains in the Marvel universe like I love like I love the Thunderbolt series because it is a, like a, this ragtag group of of villains that are tr- that are like you know there's a grand scheme of yeah. like you know uh, we're gonna pretend to be heroes but then the, they end up like you know in the long run it doesn't work out for them but you know they, they do try of... to become heroic because they realize that things aren't going well yeah. for them and those were a lot of the um, lesser known kind of shittier villains yeah. that Beetle. have have now become more known for their heroic personas like Songbird and Mach 5 right. yeah, yeah. and uh, At- well Atlas hasn't been around for a little while yeah but- like I, Mach 5 and Songbird are now like firmly those identities and those uh, super and also oh, Meteorite slash Moonstone I yeah like which I love I love I love Carlos those characters Sofren. she's great what a great character character a uh, psychologist who just yes. went evil she's well she's like a, a true sociopath yeah. like she's like yeah. oh, she has no regard for human life she like just is like well I wanted to see what it's like to be a supervillain yeah. and it's like I don't care who I hurt and Abner Jenkins is just like a, a down in his luck like mechanic yeah. Mechanical engineer what who was, can't get a job. What was a uh, screaming Mimi's deal? She was Songbird? a uh, she was uh, she was screaming Mimi. She was uh, in the 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 grapplers, the like female wrestling league that all became supervillains <laughs> in the late eighties. They were all like they were they all were below, like gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, they were, exactly, they were exactly. They were the Glock lady. They were the Glock uh, women, <laughs> but they were or yeah, the glow uh, the glow women. Glock is Gloria says a comedy. Uh, but they were it was. Just Essentially, Glow funded by Roxana Oil because they were like oh, Roxana wow. Oil was like funding this female wrestling league. They all got um, uh, 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 superpowers, and then they disbanded after one of them was murdered by um, Scourge. Oh, got, she, uh, t- the first Titania got killed uh, in her in her dressing room, and then they all dispersed. And then Screaming Mimi was one, the only one with non-physical superpowers. Like she didn't have super strength; she just had her, yeah, her voice. Yeah. Her sonic voice. Now and she's the, she's a she's almost a list. I mean, she's probably like she's B great. list. She's great. I I really like her character, and because it's such a because Songbird is such a drastic change from this almost psychopathic screaming Mimi. 
And she's always she was always consistently portrayed as the one that wanted to change. Mm-hmm. Even like throughout Warren Ellis' run on Thunderbolts, right. she was the only one who's like, "What the fuck? Yeah. I'm on a team with Bullseye." Right. And uh, and then on Jeff Parker's run, like her and Luke Cage and Mach Five were like put in charge of Cross. I'm just looking at my actual Crossbones sure. Ghost Boomerang. <laughs> when I was when another series I'd written when I was a kid was I wrote fan fiction for Heroes for Hire. Where it was like, because I was never like a huge Luke Cage, Iron Fist fan. I, I liked them both individually, but I was like always wanted something else. Like I, I love the grittiness of that comic yeah. book story, like the '70s Heroes for Hire with Luke Cage and Iron Fist. But I wanted to make it like I wanted to make it a, a bigger team, like a bigger like thing. So I wanted to do like, okay, it's just Luke Cage, and he's been released from prison, and the story is he has to like. Command, he has to like bring together these other like sort of newly released prisoners, sort of like Thunderbolts esque. Yeah. So it was like Luke Cage and Whirlwind and yeah, Boomerang. Get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Beetle was another guy. Yeah. And um, I think I may, there was there might have been one duration with Force. Does anybody know Force? Force uh, Clay Wilson, who was a, uh, a tech. Uh, uh, like a Stark tech scientist who stole a power suit that created force fields. Oh, wow. And then, That's a deep w- cut. Yeah, it's a really deep cut. He first appears in the Armor Wars uh, okay. uh, uh, storyline. Yeah. And he doesn't do a lot. He's only around for, I think, three issues total in, like, many years these around. But his, like... I loved that character because it just, like, had a bunch of force fields and he could, like, disrupt other electronic devices... Like it's just like I was like super like uh, like oh that's such like I was like a tech geek so like I loved all that stuff so I was like oh I cool see myself in him I was like I, I did not I was like Clay Wilson's <laughs> a loser but there was a storyline where it's like Justin Hammer has him has a hit out on him and he hires like Beetle and Blizzard Donnie Gill Blizzard yeah and Boomer and Boomerang and Whiplash Blizzard or Blacklash Shield yeah they used him. Oh really? Yeah, he was on uh, oh, one of the episodes. Um, I haven't I haven't seen all the episodes, but I'm I, I love Donnie Gill Blizzard. Donnie Gill Blizzard, another great character, another great just loser. Yeah, like a <laughs> like a guy that really doesn't know what he's doing with his life, and he's just like all I want, all I know is I'm really sick of people pushing me around. Oh, I like being powerful. This suit gives me that ability, and I don't know how to use it. Are you pro or uh, con? Uh, pro or against? Wait, hold on. Yeah, for or against? Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer. I loved it. I, I thought he was great. I loved it too. I, I don't love... get why people don't like it. He's a great he's... actor. Like yeah. that's what most comic book movies are missing is great performances. And I think he was he's an perfect. amazing performance in that movie. I thought he was great in that movie. I love him. I, I love would him. watch. More hated the third Iron Man movie. Oh, good. I really hated it. What did you not like about it? Everything. I cool. thought it was too funny. And I, I don't mind if it's funny. Like I love the I love campiness, and I love the like you know I I if it's, if they have great I, I loved the Winter Soldier had some really awesome hilarious moments. Oh yeah, um, friend of the podcast DC Pearson. Yeah, great. Yes, <laughs> popping up on there. That was hilarious. That's my favorite line. It's like if you need anything, I've been Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, but like I I didn't like I I hated the twist. I thought there were so many twists in that movie that didn't make any sense because it's like oh well I get, I get it's from a storyline and the whole um, Trevor um, uh, what's his name the Trevor Slattery Trevor was Slattery character. was like it's such a stupid that was, a, that was I get that was a, a comic book storyline but I just hated it's really it. funny it was so dumb though it was, it was like why why if even like tease us with the Mandarin if you're not gonna use him at all like if he's not even a real threat. 
Like it just doesn't. Like I just didn't get it. I just did. I didn't get it. I was so mad. It's it's refreshing to hear this because I'm I'm like I'm fine with Iron Man three. I liked it okay, um, but so many people like loved it. Like ninety percent of the people I've talked to like love it and claim it's their like favorite Marvel movie. Like love it. And I, and I went into the movie and I left. I was like, oh, like I mean that was fine. Like it was good. Like, yeah. I thought I, I thought it was like it. a I liked. I thought it was like a, a good standalone movie. Fine. It what it, it was maybe the weirdest choice to follow Avengers because like Avengers is such a high level of just like nothing yeah. but just like action action action. It doesn't big, make sense. Big, big 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 big. And then I I do respect Iron Man three. Uh, but now, like, Tony Stark's gotten rid of his, like, it's just problem solved. He's not Iron Man anymore. How's no, that going to happen? The, the, whole, the whole movie was him uh, proving that he himself is Iron Man, even if you take away everything else. His brain is Iron Man. That is the antithesis of Iron Man. That's <laughs> the thing that people don't get about why Iron Man is good. If you take away the thing that tortures the character, you're boring. Then Now he's just a billionaire guy that's, uh, like, successful and has a suit. He is still an alcoholic. Who cares? But well, they haven't. But they so can't. are a lot of people. But Who they, gives a shit? But they can't. They can't. Um. They can't dive into that well. In yeah. Movies, exactly. It's, a, it's an all ages movie, and you can't have your your hero go through like hardcore alcoholism. And if you're not gonna do that, then then what the fuck good are you? Like, it's like <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, but I think stop it. Well, I mean, the Iron Man movies are done. They are, but that. But I would imagine. The second one was entertaining. That was probably my favorite of all three. I liked it a lot, and I a lot of people hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't get and why. I, and I get. I do get, like, Iron Man 2 has... The main complaints, like, it is a lot of everything in the kitchen sink. Like, it's a lot... Like, oh, there of are course. A lot of characters. There's a lot of themes. Like, not everything ties together. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a big mess. Um, but I still, like... I thought all the performances are great. I still love Mickey Rourke and his dumb bird. Yeah, it was real. That was... I mean, that was really dumb. I mean, like, they're, <laughs> I they're trying to, like, really, like... And a lot of Combine people, a lot of things that don't really make sense. And a lot of people hated the fact that it did so much, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. Avengers heavy lifting with all yeah. of them. But also, like, I don't understand that critique because I like S.H.I.E.L.D. and I like Nick Fury. And at the time, we had yet to see any of that stuff. So I was very happy that we were like, they're talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this movie. This is so cool. Sure. I don't know why people... We're like we really like we were so excited that Nick Fury was in the first Iron Man at the very end, and we were so excited about this connective universe thing. Give it to us, and then Iron Man two gave it to them, and so many people were like, "But I wanted an Iron Man movie." Yeah, so people like basically gonna complain no matter which way it went. I think comic book nerds are always going to have some yeah. gripe to complain about. Yeah. But as a as a as a as a comic book nerd myself, and also as a diligent film student and yeah. filmmaker, I was like, if we're like. To me, I noticed that we were we're in this we're in a very strange time right now where movies like The Avengers can happen, in the sense that like billions of dollars have been spent to sort of create these sort of movies that are more like side car I don't know like side episodes of something. Yeah, basically it was like TV, but with two hundred million dollars an episode. Right, like, and it's it's very it's, it's very bizarre. That's like so you do have these sort of like. 
I don't want to say half-assed, but they are like missing component movies, where it's like they're they're just there to facilitate a greater yeah. like you know. There's like, Iron Man Two is definitely the big Iron Man Two and Captain America. In yeah, because Captain like, America is re- the first one is very it's, boring. It's very like there's not really. I like it a lot, but it is very montage heavy. It's and super very, montage heavy. There's a lot. There's the story wise, it's just like it's very lagging. There's not that many great action sequences. It's kind of like and I and that, I, I, I and I'll say that for all of them. Like the Hulk movie was the same way. Oh, Thor, I straight up didn't like. Oh, it I all. love, I love Thor. Really, uh, one of my favorites of, I, of the first wave. But then it's so funny. And then you have <laughs> the Avengers, uh. and you sort of see where all these things are combined. And to me, I think it's interesting that we do that. I think it's a very strange way to make movies. I don't completely agree with it. But as a comic book nerd, I'm very grateful that they have that. It's a cool yeah. thing to do. But it's also like we're spending so much money on all these <laughs> movies just because like feed a greater like sort of um, it's just like uh, it's a very ca- capitalist yeah. sort of like way to make movies. There's also it's also a weird thing because they're okay. The whole thing at Hollywood is is now is about franchises. They yeah. want franchises. They want more. Mo- they don't want. Less original ideas, more franchises. We gotta sell milkshakes. We gotta sell yeah. sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with the Marvel movies, though, the thing that I'm very interested to see what, like, Phase 3, like, what everything after Avengers 3 is gonna look like is because comic books can go on forever because yeah. writers are interchangeable, artists are interchangeable, those characters don't really exist. All you have to do is draw them and put words in that character right. exists. Yeah. These movies can't be like the comic books because they are so tight on, like, we need Robert Downey Jr. We need Chris Evans. Like we need these yeah. real human beings to still be on board uh, for as long as we want them around. And so I'm very curious to see what happens when they either decide to recast Iron Man. Yeah. Or well, I mean, when they like... decide. Well, we don't really need. Like we can have War Machine now. Like Don Cheadle is our Iron Man now. I feel like I feel like at this point there's always going to be remakes now, and I feel like the movies are so old. Uh, they're almost like. We can. Tr- we're. I feel like we're well, with me. We, uh, look at Spider Man. Like the, yeah. the new Spider Man movies, which I didn't like. The first. I'm. I'm. I'm like the. the I've been the worst like comic book movie goer <laughs> in, in such a, for such a long time. I hate almost everything that comes out, and like I just didn't like the new Spider Man movie. I mean, I was lukewarm on it. Yeah, I was like, it was a. It's really bad ADR. There's super. I, I, I know. I, that's the first thing I noticed. There's like, oh wow, this is out of sync with it. Like it's visibly out of sync with the people with the actors' mouths. Like it's the I words they say. All the actors. I thought the story was a story that I've seen a bajillion times. and yeah. did not need to see again. I thought Martin Sheen was fantastic. Yeah. Her and Sally Field. Him and Sally Field are unbelievable. They were yeah. perfect. Yeah. But it's also like, how many times do I really need to see Uncle yeah. Ben die? I don't, I don't need don't, to see this. Don't need to see the it. way that happened was super confusing. Yeah. And it was like you're asking. A lot like to of the audience to write that scene and yeah. have it make sense. It's like it doesn't make Didn't sense. Didn't it happen like over at uh, the end, like Ditmars? Yeah, it yeah. happened like underneath like an over yeah. in, like, in train. I think it was. I remember being like, "Oh, my Sebastian lives there." Right. Uh, I also, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I lost. <laughs> I lost all my thoughts. I had a thought. And I don't want to it was. It's. But, oh, I was uh, going to say the 1989 Batman movie. Yeah. Yeah, the first Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, not kind of the 66 one. And even so, the first Batman movie in like 30 years. Sure. And they didn't do an origin story. Yeah. So it's so weird. Just do that. Just do that. I feel like I'd rather see a Spider-Man movie at this point 
where he's kind of already in Spider... Like, he's already, like, going Amazing through the Spider-Man motions. 2, opening on Friday. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> That's well, happening. Yeah, I heard... I, uh, someone saw a screener of that, and they were, like, lukewarm on it, but I'm not... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, like, I, oh, oh, another thing, like... Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, I think, set the standard for me of, like, what a comic book movie could be. Okay. Like, the second one, Dark Knight, yeah. is probably the best one out there. I, I don't like Dark Knight Rises. I think that's a kind of jumping the shark of, like, what, uh, like, but for me, that, like, the middle one with the Joker, the Heath Ledger, that first opening shot. Oh, I mean, it's a great movie. It's an amazing film. And I feel like I want to see that over the comic book stuff. I want to see a good movie over see, the comic book like, stuff I don't know, a lot I love, of times. The Marvel movies to me work because they are, in my opinion, they're still great movies but sure. they still feel like Marvel comics. Yeah. Like, Captain America Winter Soldier I think hit the very perfect uh, balance because someone pointed out to me is like, it's still like very, very grounded, very, very in the real world but yes. they still have like a whole lot of fake out deaths, a whole lot of like crazy technology. They go and meet Arnim Zola. Yeah. Like Arnim Zola is in that movie, and for some That's reason, a great they scene. walk this tight line, this tightrope of doing crazy, crazy Jack Kirby, mad scientist, insane stuff. Right. While still having a Dark Knight level emotional realism. I agree. Now, I don't know how they pull, like, and I think the Marvel movies more consistently than like DC movies. Sure. Because. Man, I love Dark Knight, and I, I like Dark Knight Rises okay, and I liked Batman Begins, but yeah. like, still, those movies aren't fun. They like, are not yeah, fun Yeah, they're not movies. fun movies, but and, I love... I, I, I kind of like... I don't know. Like, I kind of want to go to a comic movie to have some fun. Sure, sometimes. I I feel like I'm I'm the, a completely different audience. <laughs> I look, I watch every movie for the same reasons. I want beautiful cinematography. I want yeah. like a great storyline. And I thought Captain America it was like it, it it reminded me of like a really good like '70s action film. Yeah, which like is back just, when they were yeah. like you know it was like, oh. exactly what they were uh, going for. Yeah, and then and then that and then that moment is it's almost like a kung fu movie in in a, in a way where it's like you have the Dark Master in there, like the Arnim Zola character was great. Yeah. That that see, that's a wonderful scene. Yeah, and the way they lead up to that is great. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a great. I was really pleasantly surprised about that, like watching that movie, and it made me hopeful for like I really want Guardians of the Galaxy to be that fun. And that oh, it's cool. gonna be that fun. It's I think gonna it's gonna insane. be great because I also be didn't. I, and this is in the comic movie. I didn't like Pacific Rim for exactly those reasons. I didn't see it. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any interest in giant robots. I love that because I love. I I feel like giant. Like if <laughs> if I have anything that I love more than comic books, it's giant robots, giant monsters. <laughs> Obsessed with them. I Were love. You big them. on Power Rangers as a kid. Oh yeah, okay, totally. Okay. Power Rangers, Gundam as yeah, an adult. Yeah, you you're a you're like a generation after me. Because Power Rangers hit, and I think people that are 29, 30 right now, like, go 50-50 on Power Rangers. Sure, yeah. Like, people older than me, 100% don't like it. People younger than me, love it. Sure. My age, like, we were around that line. I mean, I love it now. Watching the original stuff is really cool because of the uh, the stories of, like, is this was some failed Japanese show that never got aired, and then the Canadian production company just bought the rights to it, and then just like filmed separate scenes. Genius. It was genius great. It was. Idea. It is a genius idea, genius and it's idea. now like a multi-million-dollar uh, franchise. Is there a new? Is there a series going right now? Yeah, it's been like never going stop. I think it's been twenty-four years. Yeah, the, yeah. The there are toys now with yeah. So twenty. <laughs> I was at CVS before you came over, and they yeah. had a White Ranger uh, 20th anniversary action figure there. Sure. Because I'm so desperate, I look in the toy aisles of CVS's. <laughs> Ugh. 
Um, yeah. Because they all date, like, that X-Men the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, they all came around. All hit at the same time. Yeah. So might so might just be like twenty two or twenty one years yeah. uh, since, uh, but yeah, because I think there was a big twentieth year display at like New York Comic Con last year, twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably like that. That's cool. Oh geez, any um any parting words you want to give? Oh to gosh, uh, parting words. I mean, like what? Uh, I don't know. What 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 are you what are you what are you digging? What 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 would you recommend people read? What is like a Ooh. comic book storyline that you don't think a lot of people have read that you? highly recommend well I should probably give these questions beforehand <laughs> so. uh, yeah well I'm uh, uh, as you all said no, I'm a big uh, or I was I'm not really uh, like I've, I, I've always been like a big fan of anime I enjoy watching oh, it yeah. I'm not like a huge fan like I'm not like a, I, I don't watch everything anymore but I, I still enjoy watching some stuff and I loved as a kid reading manga or manga oh, yeah. or whatever however you pronounce it I don't care. And it's, it's like, not important. How you it's pronounce not, it? Not important. I really... The, the most recent one I had read... Because I like kind of stopped reading after high school. But I was like... I'd read one uh, like two years ago that uh, someone recommended me. And it was really good. And it's called Pluto. And it's a comic book in every sense of the... It's like... It's as yeah, good yeah. as any comic book yeah. is. And it's about the... It's about Astro Boy. Oh, and you know, you know, you yeah. know, Astro Boy, the, the the boy robot Japanese cartoon from yeah. the sixties, uh, and it's it's based on like a B storyline from an Astro Boy story from a long time ago, and it's like this, and it's it was adapted by this modern writer. I forget his name. It's um, I think it's Urakawa or something, and um, he basically took Tezuka's work and made it this gritty detective uh, like noir story, oh. and it's about these like. There's like a class system between androids and humans, and there's this android who's a detective that's trying to solve the murder of all of these uh, androids who were heroes in the last war. Ah. And they've, they're all being p- plucked out one by one, and it's his job to figure out who's doing it and why. And it's really great. And Astro Boy is kind of like a Astro Boy is kind of a, an ancillary, not ancillary, a side character. He's kind of like. Uh, a peripheral character yeah. in the story because it's not really about him, but uh, it's so awesome. Pretty dope. It's so dope. So dope. It's so dope. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really waiting for them to make a movie about it or uh, some series or some adaptation because yeah. it's so good. Such a good story. Nice. So Pluto. Yeah. Check that out. Awesome. Well, where, where can people find you on the internet? You uh, Chris Gethard Show every Wednesday? Chris Gethard Show. ChrisGethardShow.com. You can uh, watch videos uh, by the beta team Horse Plus Horse uh, uh, they've done. Uh, that they've, they write for for UCB Comedy. And uh, um, uh, Harold Knight on Tuesday nights at UCB. And uh, at BlovBand on Twitter. Twitter. Awesome, great. Uh, you can find links to all that stuff at our website, mattbrettlovecomics.com. While you're there, why don't you check out some of our back issues. Uh, like the time that we saw The Amazing Spider-Man and then talked about it immediately after. So if you want to hear about, I think, four of us just be kind of lukewarm about a movie, <laughs> right before you go see Amazing Spider-Man 2, go listen to that two years ago. Uh, yeah, while you're there, you can also rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps us out in ways we don't understand. Make sure you let us know what you think about this or any past episode. We always appreciate hearing from y'all, and uh, you're our best spokespeople, so make sure you tell... All of your friends, some of your family, definitely your bosses, <laughs> that you listen to this show and that you want them to listen to it too so you have something to talk about. Uh, thanks for our producer, Mr. Benjamin Ragib. 
who uh, Dave Bloodband knows I do. pretty well. <laughs> very, very good friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Dave, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm going to have you back sometime to read some 60s Marvel stuff. I'd love since to. Since we now, we know your, uh, the way to your heart. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <clears throat> so until next time, this is Brett, and Matt also loves comics. Yep. I did that intro.